Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alchemy Podcast number two. Two. Hi, everyone. Nick here as well. Adam here, and uh, this is the No Jingle, No Jargon uh, Brandon podcast. And what we thought we'd talk about today, uh, as I said there, no jargon, is just a kind of a light overview. What is branding? And uh, maybe some of the elements of branding, and then we'll go into one of those elements. Give everyone kind of a quick uh, run through. Where where do we get this term branding? So um, the word obviously comes from when people branded cattle to say, this is my cow. Um, but it actually is a lot older than you think. It's about 2000 years BC. The ancient Egyptians were the first ones to actually brand their cattle. And the whole idea was to make a distinctive mark uh, and claim ownership over it. And we still use the term mark when we're describing a logo today. Mm. Um, so that's where we get the terminology. And um, the thing about those marks that were made is they aren't letters and they aren't pictures. They're forms and shapes. And you can see some uh, fabulous examples. I don't know if you've ever seen them of Texan ranches markers uh, that they, they, the brand marks that they made in the 1800s. And there's some really weird and wonderful sort of shapes in there. I think you find them online, mm. but a whole kind of library of them. And that's that kind of thing where a shape or a device that isn't letters or language or a picture, but says, this is mine. The, the key points here, you're making a distinctive mark that said, this is mine. So that was the origin. So brand is reputation or that phrase, I'm not sure I always like it, but that phrase, a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. Um, so to, to get to that point whereby your mark means all of those things, you have to kind of put together a lot of building blocks on the way. Um, what would you say are some of the building blocks that form a, a brand? What, what we say the founding kind of pieces well are. i suppose um for alchemy we've got two parts and it's your it's your brand strategy and it's 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 the brand identity mixed together so basically it's how you look it's how you act it's how you speak it's how you answer your phone it's the experience you want to deliver to your customers it's how you you're represented against competitors um, it's how you position yourself and we're, we're going to speak about the our brand positioning um, you know to flow into that um, but it's really the experience you create it's the combination isn't it of how you look and how you behave and that those two marry and that it's no no good on its own is it that you look superb if you act badly yeah absolutely and I think a lot of you know Years ago, everyone was like, what's the difference between a logo and a brand? A logo, as we would always say, is just the tip of the iceberg. So if you think of an iceberg and the power behind an iceberg is all underwater. So that's what we would kind of go, the thinking behind your brand. Or, you know, all that sort of how you're, you know, what's your brand purpose? What's your positioning? What's your tagline? All those kind of things is what we would say is the force that drives your brand. Yeah, and I think it's, it's fair to say as well that something that we encounter is that people, I think this is the thing, and when we say people, we mean business, um, 
they think the tagline is just a line that gets stuck mm. on a piece of marketing. Mm. Whereas, I, and I think the word tagline is pretty throwaway. Some of them are pretty throwaway. But we're not talking about those kind of things. No, I think what we, I suppose, we might as well jump into brand positioning now. Um, so I suppose as a consultancy, we love the, a lot of our work is the thinking or the strategy or the positioning. So that's the big chunk of work that we love to do. But it's also, it's, it's, the, it's the stuff that I would recommend for every business out there to be working on right now. Like you've got this time, you've got this time to pause and reset, but it's a time to sort of, I suppose, reflect and kind of go, why did you set up your business all those years ago? And is it still on point or has it drifted? Yeah. So positioning is really how you want to be perceived in your target market's mind. And, so and even internally, wouldn't you say? I mean, like, is it, it shapes how you behave well, yourself. Yeah, so the, the definition of your position is really how you want people to, or your target market to think of you. So it could be, say, two or three lines. Um, it, it could be a paragraph. Or it could simply be, you know, a line. Yeah. But then your purpose is an external piece. Okay. So I think that's the easiest way to explain. So, so. It, if we were to unpack that for a second, like, for example, if we take... Um, this is off the top of my head, so I haven't got it in front of me, but just to give people an example of that. If you take Nike's positioning their positioning is they make apparel for athletes and they believe everyone has the potential to be an athlete so that's mm. their position absolutely yeah. and then their line just do it it's just do it yeah so yeah your your tagline is and it can often be a bit that's uh, you know comes out of the position so you might have a three or four line internal positioning that drives planning marketing sales so I think it's important to stress, it's not just a, a nice lofty brand positioning you stick on your wall, yeah. or but it's something that drives you to act. Or it's the sometimes, focus. Yeah, sometimes it's the way we define them, they can be slightly unattainable, so it's always yeah. making you do more, yeah. making you act more. But it, it even shapes the kind of the offbeat activities that a company can do that somehow resonate with people. I, I mean, like... It is a, a bug of mine that when, you know, you, you kind of meet um, people in, in companies and they just think it's just about marketing. And, it, and very much is what you're saying there. Mm. It, it shapes your focus. It's a ruthlessness of focus. That yeah, and I think it's done really well. Like, it's, it's a force. To be, and if you're a business that's doing something differently... And there usually is, there's usually that unique little nugget that you kind of go, okay, this the is... The secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's unique. You know, every brand is something that's unique. So yeah. that's generally what... Because, I mean, to, to wheel back a little bit to what you were saying there earlier, like you were saying, you know, people take this time to go, why did I start a business? I think it's one of the most difficult things people seem to 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 um to answer because mm. a lot of them just kind of are, become so focused on the money and the management of what they do mm. that they don't have that clarity to what their unique ingredient is, which is why people like us have to come in and, yeah. and help yeah. them on on frank all that. But that is the key differentiator, isn't it? Absolutely, and I, I, I do think this is a time that, you know, everybody's it's a slower pace of life and it's a time to, re it's a hard thing to do, as you're saying, but it's a really good time to kind of go, do you know, 
I know what I do, but why do I do it? Yes. It's not always just to grow a business or to make money. Yes. What's the underlying thing? Yeah, what gets you up in the morning? Yeah. So, like, what's, like, I know for ours is to make a positive difference to people's lives. So that's yeah. what we do, and that drives us. Um, but it's something that should be, like, a, a, you know, that's rooted in your brand values or in your personality or your whole being. That, you know what, this is why we do what we do. It's not about what you do, because a lot of... You could argue then that a lot of companies do similar stuff. Yes. But each each brand, as we're saying, has its own unique thing. And so it's really to project or promote or communicate yeah. that down the line through every single touch point. What we mean by a touch point is, be it on a van down the, driving down the road, be it on your business card, although they're not being used right now, um, be it on your printed you know material, be it on your website. But even it's isn't it about how, how you act as you said there earlier you know i mean right now like the businesses that i see pivot well in this are the ones that are acting Absolutely. on their on yeah. their positioning yeah. and i think um you know the whole situation we're in and covid19 has like we're all acting very well not very differently but we're all very community community focused right now whether that might be collecting messages for your neighbor or signing up to you know helping in various different ways. We're all very conscious of action right now. And I think we can see through brands that are, are purely sort of still trying to promote themselves. Yeah. So I think a good example would be the likes of McDonald's and Burger King. Yes. So McDonald's, I suppose their answer a couple of weeks in was to, you know, divide their famous logo apart. And so they're promoting social difference. Yeah, so it's a, a visual gimmick. Yeah. So they're still going, look at us, look at McDonald's, here's our big yeah. yellow M that everyone, your kid knows. So it was still kind of, we're still selling. Yeah, it, it really didn't have any depth yeah, to it, did it? Yeah, and it was too late. And also their actions, they were one of the fast, late, one of the fast food restaurants that closed the last. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, and, they, you know, they're not particularly treating their staff well or whatever. So they were so, chasing the money. Absolutely. And just doing it all wrong. Yeah. People, I think... You know, it leaves a taste, right doesn't it? I mean, yeah. look, you're going to have a certain amount of demographic that are going to be loyal anyway. That That's absolutely fine. You've built that over the years. But what you're seeing there is you're seeing behind the velvet curtain to, to what a company thinks yeah, when they behave like that. They're still thinking money. Yeah. Whereas Burger King, France had, had a fabulous ad and it was almost, do you know what? Um, we This really spoke to me in the fact that it showed that they loved making burgers and they wanted their followers it's not even your you know your customers anymore it's your followers um they wanted them to still be able to make their their burger at home so they're famous whoppers so they put up an ad and it was purely visual and it was all the per all the ingredients you needed to make the perfect whopper yeah. at home and it was just gold and it was still it was basically communicate you know we're not afraid to give our secrets away I, I, but it was yeah. done in a visual way yeah. that they're still not quite giving yeah. the secrets away but also it's a fabulous way to, that's a really good example of brand engagement right there, that you're helping the consumer at home or the follower, yeah. they're sitting at home, but you're, you're helping them I go, know. do you know what, here's how you can still have our famous burgers, I just know. do it your own and way. And it shows character. Yeah. And what I really like about it as well is it shows character, but also confidence. Because you're not hiding your homework. You're saying, right, if you want to make your burger Absolutely. at home, yeah. we're, we're going to support you do yeah. that. We know you're going to come back to us. Um, and this is how you do it. 
And equally, I think that's a really great example between McDonald's and um, Burger King. I fancy a burger now. Yeah, but it's that whole feel-good factor, isn't it? You're left now going, oh, I can't wait to when Burger King finally opens to get a proper... You know what you mean, but it has that really nice feel Yeah, and you're you're kind of probably going to be more swayed towards Burger King because of that. That's it, and I think that's the genius of when branding is done well. You now have a feel-good factor about Burger King, yeah. but not so much but, about But it. also the people who work for Burger King will feel better for that. Absolutely, and, and yeah. That's the thing about this kind of thing, is it doesn't always go straight to the account's bottom line, mm. you know? And I think this is where things go slightly wrong, business when they chase the bottom line at all, their, their heads are down and they don't look up enough and they don't see the opportunity. So, in terms of how your behaviour... Ultimately, this is about playing the long game. Mm, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what you said you were saying there a few minutes ago about a tagline and how throwaway that can be. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it could be re- quite relevant that you might just develop a tagline for a particular campaign. But you need to have an overall positioning and a purpose that's there all the time. Yeah. And what's uniquely true to you, it's not just... Ah, that's. I'm really glad you said what's uniquely true to you. I'm actually really glad you said that because it was what was going through my mind is that idea that basically you cannot put a line or a positioning or a paragraph or values onto an organisation that they do not live. Mm. It has to be based on an essential truth. It has to be true to them. Now, in doing that work, in, in creating a positioning, you might be highlighting the very best of them and saying, guys, this is this is the, the area you chase down mm. and you create that focus. But I think ultimately, you know, you, you you cannot you cannot turn them into something they're not. Absolutely, and I think there's um there's a difference between just having a great purpose to find the, to being a brand that's acting purposefully. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Feel yeah. like what we're saying there with Burger King. Yeah. They're acting with a bit of purpose and yeah. they know exactly what they're doing really. Yeah. But so acting with purpose and have, being a purposeful brand instead of having a great purpose and not, you know, not living it, not acting it, and, you know, just because it sounds good. So to, to kind of like, so, so positioning is finding your unique secret source, your place in the world yeah it's how you want your customers or followers or your target market to think about you so um and how to great to create a great positioning would be who is that target market who are you trying to reach oh that's a whole that's a that's whole, a whole other, other thing another don't, another don't even go there don't go there because you know everyone always asks, what do they always say who's your target when you ask people yeah, who everyone everyone it can't be everyone yeah yeah so, yeah, we can get into that, but maybe just touch upon it. So it would be the people you're trying to reach and what would resonate with them. What's your big, compelling reason to believe? What is that one thing that you want everyone to think and have that feel-good factor about your brand? So there, there's way, you know, there are just some yeah. things to think about when yeah. you're creating that, you know, really good positioning. But it's that internal thing that will make you go, a big, proud statement that I suppose your brand values will... Um, be part of that yeah but it's this big statement that's it it's your ultimate driver it's why you get up out of the morning you know out of yeah. bed in the morning it's not about what you do and it's not money why do you do yeah it? yeah and th- i think that's the other thing it is not about what you do yeah that's you know? a big one if you're a cobbler your positioning is i make shoes it's it's not yeah. that yeah you know yeah your, your positioning might be 
I'm, I make shoes that last a lifetime or pass down through generations yeah. or the most comfortable Something walk that, yeah. possible. Absolutely. But it's not I make shoes. Yeah. Or yeah. I make shoes for £6.50. It is not that. Yeah. It is, you have to reach deeper, don't you? Reach deeper. As I said, think about the audience. Think about your compelling reason to believe and something that will drive the business and, you know, be the ultimate driver in planning, marketing, sales. You might then develop a purpose that could be extrapolated out of the, the larger internal piece. So your purpose is the line that is uniquely you, yes. that the world sees. Yes. But the so internal that, bit that's is the your, longer version. That's your summation of it, isn't yeah. it? The piece that you can use to leverage your communications. I'm conscious here, I don't want to go into jargon. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of jargon there. But in, in fairness, this is to us, this is what branding and communication is all about. Once that's established, everything else, as we would say, is the easy bit. You're bringing that to life. Yeah. You're doing the nice colours yeah. or the nice illustrations or the nice marks we spoke about at the start. Um, your tone of voice is obviously really key here as well. So you might have that internal positioning, you have your brand, your external brand purpose. But then your language and how you speak to your consumers is a massive part yeah. of the brand and as well. Th this is where your mark comes back in because when you have this emotion, when you have this interaction, that mark becomes uh, like a memory trigger to all those things we just spoke about. Mm. So when you have that, uh, when you see that mark, it is exactly the same as when you saw the mark in the cattle. It is a, it's, it's not language, it's not, it's not an illustration of what you do, but it is a touch point to all that you are. Yeah, it's, as you're saying there, it's the visual thing that represents you. So, yeah. but you've done all that, you know, you know what you, you are, you yeah. know why you do it at that stage. But it's the one little memory trigger, as you're saying. And again, it's unique to you. There's no point looking at all your competitors and go, oh, they're blue and yellow, I'm going to be blue and yellow. Yeah. Too. You know, it's that sort of... Yeah, and, and if we go back to our ancient Egyptian friends, it was that idea, it had to be a distinguishing yeah. mark. This was a good example, of just the, the blue and yellow springs to mind there about um, the rebrand we did with Nesta. And oh, yeah. And we helped them... Because they, I mean, uh, when they, uh, when they, when they came to us, um, their name was uh, Need More Space. Thank you. I couldn't even remember. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Need More Space, which is actually not even a name. Sure, it isn't it's? It's a question. question yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember even talking to their staff, who were great, and the the thing that they really hated was answering the phone. Need more space because mm. it's just a yes or no answer. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought. I suppose if we go one step back, they're a storage company. Um, they have four or five units around Dublin and the goal was to maybe go, you know, build a brand that with a bit more global reach, so the UK or, or you know, for a bit more further afield. Um, but they have business units as well. So there's companies that actually hire their units as well. So I think those what fit shoes. There's yeah, there was a, a certain percentage of their space. I think the other thing was... If you say storage to people, they just think moving home. Mm. But when we did a lot of research on it, what we found was, um, and we've gone through this recently ourselves, is that um, most people stored stuff. And we got a lot of great info from America where they use this extensively. And, and you know, we were able to bring that back here. But really what they were doing was the houses were a little bit smaller. They had more stuff. So people were overflowing with stuff. And what they were doing was storing their summer stuff in storage in winter mm. and the winter stuff was being stored so it was like an extra room yeah 
the other thing that they were doing was like, say a loved one passed away and you're left with all their belongings. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to, uh, you, you didn't want to be yeah, dealing with Yeah, them. I think that was defined as emotional belongings. Yeah, you didn't want There's to deal things with them. You just can't. You can't throw them away. No. But God, you don't want them in your face the yeah. whole time. So there's a whole plethora of things there, mm. uh, not just about moving house, mm. not just about, but it was about, God, I have this stuff, I can't let it go, for whatever reason I have an emotional connection to, I can't let it go, or even collectors, there was like real collectors who, there was people who had their art collections there, people who had their Star Wars collections, yeah. there was some really, uh, the, in amongst all the kind of what you would expect, there was the unexpected as well. And so I think when we were picking through that and trying, trying to find, you know, what's their secret sauce? When we looked at everyone else, everyone else talked about storage. And when and we looked, yeah, yeah, and when we looked at this space, we were going, look what people are doing with it. Mm. And these belongings are precious to them. So they can't let it go, but they can't have it on top of them. So we, 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 we kind of summated that as what are you doing for these people? When you're when you're actually storing all of the stuff yeah, for it's not them. just about putting all your stuff in a metal yeah. shed. Yeah, so it's not storage. What are you doing for them? Mm. What does it allow you to? Do? And it allows you to make room for life, mm. and uh, that that is literally what you're doing for people. So as children grow older, you can keep their trikes and all those precious things. You don't have to get rid of them. You don't have to gate them if you're that way sentimental minded or if an older loved one passed away or if somebody had emigrated for a year, you are allowing yourself to carry on with life but keep your treasured belongings. And that's what they were doing and they were very warm and personable staff. So this really resonated. Yeah, and I think at the time we were doing, we just coming out of the recession last time, but um, a lot of people were stuck in apartments with all kids Correct. stuff on their balconies. Yeah, one bed apartments. You know, so, and you're kind of going, Jesus, make room for life. You can put all that stuff in the storage and yep. you've got to be free, free, you know, more space to think. Um, and then it came... More it, space to grow. Yeah, more space to grow. And then for the businesses, more space to... More space to grow your business. Yeah, so um, it was a lovely roundish way of, I suppose, unlocking that truth, what they were actually doing. It wasn't about storing your stuff. But it's that that thing that it allowed you to do, and coupled with, we um obviously changed the name then as well. So it was. Oh, we'll do naming another day. But again, <laughs> I know. To, to, I love naming. <laughs> I know. Um. So Nesta and Make Room for Life came out of you know need more space. So Nesta was all about you know that safe haven yeah. for your your protected goods. So Nesta make. So the the duality, and I think the, the this is this is the learning from this line is. Your line cannot be totally unrelated to who you are. Yeah. You can't just go, yeah, dreaming massive. Yeah. And their position was all about duty of care and emotional belonging. Yeah. It's a longer statement all around that. And then we, again, the external purpose from that is make room for life. Correct. And that, I mean, like, the thing about that whole story is it's been a massive success story. Oh, it's, it? it's, yeah. And like, even if you look at the visual side of it, I think most, a lot of company or storage competitors out there are still, bar elephant who are red, the rest of them are all blue and yellow. So you've got Nesta who's orange, a completely different naming convention um, that, you know, says why they do it. Um, lovely and friendly. 
But the sales, I think the occupancy in the storage units themselves went from something like 60% to 90%. Yeah, yeah. And the other really bonus, which really made our hearts sing a little bit more, was staff suddenly cited that you knew staff when they were on a recruitment phase, people actually cited that they really wanted to come work for Nesta as a brand. They yeah. loved all the branding yeah. and the thinking. Because they stand it. for something. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things. It's like they were genuinely warm people. They had all the bones there. They just needed the focus brought to it. And I, I think they have that distinguishing factor. They have that message that means something. They have that razor-like focus to what they're doing. Uh, and and that's what we try and do. So as you're sitting there thinking about your business, try and find that secret sauce yeah. that is yours. Yeah. Um, and look, we're, we're trying to say something here that takes a while to do. It's, mm. a, it's a challenging uh, topic. But if you, if you do it and you find your secret sauce, it creates genuine focus and energy about what you do. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking um, some sort of uh, further reading for people mm. that I thought would be really useful on this kind of subject if they wanted to, because I'm mm. sure you can download them. Um, and w- I've got two here. Uh, one is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Oh, yeah, I love Simon Sinek. Um, yeah. You can probably actually watch his videos yeah. online and you'll get the same thing. But Start With Why is very good, which is all about purpose. Um, pretty much any book, I think, by Wally Allen's on brand. I mean, he must have... He, I had a quick look before we started our chat, and he's done about four or five. Mm. Uh, Wally sadly, sadly uh, passed away a few years ago. Mm. But a wonderful mind on branding um, that I think would... You know, any one of those books that he wrote uh, would be really worth having a look yeah, at. Yeah, And they gen- tend to be jargon-free as well, which is really helpful. Mm. Um, so that's where I've left it, Nick. Yeah, it's really, I suppose, to think about what would make you stand out from your competitors and do you know what your customers are doing and use this time to, you know, if you don't know what they're doing, have a look to see now what they're doing and how can you come out of this, having seized some opportunities to have use this pause or reset wisely so you're the impactful or brand or the business that knows exactly what it's doing when... The quarantine is lifted. Yeah, you're the one with character and personality. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for joining us for number two, uh, slightly longer than number one. Uh, we're going to keep going through the parts that make up a brand and how you get there and what you do and anything else that we find along the way. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions or, you know, don't forget to send them in. We'd be happy to answer them. So hello at alchemy.ie. Unless they're really hard. <laughs> Okay, thanks everybody. Bye.